Welcome to Winging It in Motown Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Hancock, and this is the final episode of Winging It in Motown Radio, in which Brendan Smith is still a Red Wing. <laughs> Old prediction time. So while we hold back our tears of sadness or joy, you can have either, uh, I would like to welcome in JJ, Peter, and Lauren. How are you three doing tonight? Wonderful. Greatest night ever. Doing well here. Um, I think we should just get into this because the bye week is here and bye weeks are dumb. I don't like the bye week, by the way. Uh, we can get into it later if we want, but we've got a week until the trade deadline. We saw the wings this past weekend win two games against teams we didn't think they'd beat in Washington and Pittsburgh. Then they come back home and lose to the Islanders with Kyle and Ann in the building. And here we are at the bye what the hell do we think right now? Uh, we think we've seen this team all freaking season, right? Yeah. Too much. <laughs> Stumble out of the gate, then one six straight, even though their performance during those uh, straight victories wasn't exactly great. Um, fell apart, like won some key games, like, okay, now we're getting on track. And then they like drop a 4 nothing game to Arizona, and then... Just a bunch of suck, and that's 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 exactly what we we're expecting. I wrote at the beginning of February that it'd be nice if the Red Wings were be able to win a bunch of games uh, to help the sell, and then they lost what five straight before yeah. Yeah. <laughs> jumping back on and taking out the class of the conference, <laughs> getting everybody. I, I don't know. At that point, I think we were all just like. Do we even want them to beat the Islanders? Because if they beat the Islanders and then they beat the Canucks in the very last game before the trade deadline, um, is Kenny still going to bother selling? And so, I don't know. Like, I hate watching the Red Wings lose, it, especially that game wasn't exactly entertaining against the Islanders. But I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried that another win would have concerned me in regards to the Wings' uh willingness to sell which i'm fully on board with them needing to do yeah i mean i think that's a realistic concern uh going into that that third game against the islanders because you know i mean if you're looking at you know what had happened before let's see like you said was it one two three four five five straight losses right um and you're looking at it you're like okay well of course they're gonna lose to washington of course they're gonna lose to pittsburgh you know and then at that time at that point it's gonna be so obvious um I mean, you know, it's gotten to the point where, uh, you know, we talked about this a little while ago. You know, it's gotten to the point where, um, you know, the beat writers are are finally coming around to seeing the obvious, you know, only when it's right in front of their face and they can't avoid it any longer. Um, I mean, like <laughs> it was on the the uh, was it the Islanders game. I think it was the Islanders game. Um you know, on on the Fox Sports Detroit broadcast, they're still pushing. You know, like, oh, hey, you know, uh, if you know, if we win tonight, you know, we have a real chance of making the playoffs. You know, you know, we're, we're only four points back. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, come on. I'm gonna interject there for a second. They have to make people want to watch the game. So, like, yeah, that's just right. Doing a job there. It's different than a beat writer. Well, sure, sure. I'm just playing devil. No, I mean, I I, I, I agree. I think I, I conflated two things at the end. Um. 
I think I think the Fox Sports Detroit thing has bothered me a little bit because the last couple of games I've just heard nothing but how great Steve Ott is, and I think I'm just reflexively angry at them. Was was Helene on on TV? <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, you can jump in. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Go. Talk. I, I'm trying to talk. Um, I would actually even argue the the team that we've seen all season, like JJ said, is, I mean, it's really this team that we've seen, like, I'd say even as far back as like 2013, because we, you know, and that was obviously compressed into a shorter season, but we would see a lot of that where it's like, oh, we'd come out and beat, you know, one of the better teams in the league. And then all of a sudden you lose to, you know, a really bad team. And then, um, you know, you, you just go on this bad stretch of games where you can't get out of your own way. And, um, you know, it's like, it's, it's been a pattern for this team for a really long time that, you know, it shouldn't surprise anybody right by now. Um, but, uh, it's, it, this year it's just happened to go the way of, uh, losing, like we've gone on longer losing streaks. We've gone, you know, we've like, we've done the, you know, blown the two goal leads or like given up the late tying goal or, the late go ahead goal or whatever, like that's, that's been a pattern for a long time. Um, you know, so it's, it's just like, you know, it's, it's not really anything new. It's just, it's, it's worse this year. Um, and I would say, you know, like getting to those last games before the trade deadline, um, is, you know, it's, it's kind of been the same thing where it's like, Oh, well, you know, if we start winning games just before, the deadline, like, oh, we're going to have a chance. We're going to get that trade deadline de- acquisition of some injured player coming back. And, um, you know, if we can just get that veteran presence piece of, at the deadline, then we'll have a chance to make a run. Like, you know, that's that isn't anything new for this team either. And it's not anything new for what we kind of expect from management. Um, so, yeah, while it's nice that we won the games against Washington and Pittsburgh, it's just like, oh, crap, like, what are, what are we supposed to do? And, like, um, like Peter said on the, on the broadcast the other night, um, I believe, I can't remember what the exact numbers were, but they were like, oh, they need to get like 35 points out of like 44 to get to 92 <laughs> Easy. points. And Easy that's, it. And, and that's the, <laughs> for the playoffs. They actually said that. And I was like, and, and it was basically in the, in the tone of, so you're saying there's a chance and it's like, <laughs> well, yes, but no. <laughs> Like if you watch the team all season, it's not going to happen unless we somehow acquire like the top players on every team. And <laughs> <laughs> even then it's probably not going to happen, you know? So I, I'm very interested to see um, what's going to happen in the coming days. I'm I'm very nervous because as you guys all know, um, I hate trades, but it, mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting to see what this team actually does this year. It's kind of been a sad realization that I know at least a couple of our commenters have, have pointed out, but um, you kind of don't really feel like saying out loud, but I'm going to anyway, <laughs> that you realize what the Wings had done in previous years that used to drive us nuts when they would be in the position where we're in February and in the running for the president's trophy is play down to shitty teams and end up losing and piss us off. Uh, and then you have to think that's what Pittsburgh and Washington did to us this weekend. They just played down to us because they didn't take us seriously enough. Yeah. So, 
Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it, well, it, it hurts. Huh? That makes me sad. <laughs> I mean, it just this past weekend, it was fun to watch in the sense of the team hasn't won, especially like winning 5-2 against Pittsburgh. Like that was cool. I enjoyed oh, yeah. it. In the I'll grand scheme it. of things, no one I don't think is actively rooting for them to lose, but we know it's the right thing for the future of the team. So it's not the worst, you know, so when they lost to the Islanders and it was like, well, well, we're back. Cool. <laughs> Just get back on the train and keep riding it. Uh, you know, you guys talked about the trade deadline. Michael Stone was traded earlier this week. What was it? A third and a conditional fifth. Is that yeah. kind of, I mean, it hasn't really opened the floodgates, but it's the first trade we've really gotten as we approach the deadline. You know, obviously Vanek is, I think he was sixth on like TSN's trade list the other day, their latest one. You know, we know Smith has fielded a lot of calls. I mean, let's let's start with Smith here. Not just because he's my best friend, but <laughs> because, what was it? I think it was the Nichols on Hockey guy on Twitter who always transcribes all the interviews with all the Canadian guys. He was saying that Bob McKenzie said, you know, the Wings have received a ton of calls on Smith. And I know Kyle put a post up about this, too, on Winging at Motown, so go read it. Um, but the Wings are circling back with Smith's agent to see what it would take to sign him to an extension before they explore the possibility of trading him. Where do we stand? Where do you guys stand on this? Obviously, I think the obvious answer is trade him, but maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't see why you don't trade a pending UFA defenseman who is obviously not a top pair guy on a team that needs to find desperately needs to find a, a top pair guy. Like he's, he's a serviceable defenseman. He's not having a very good year, but I, he's still a good player, but he's not the right player for the Red Wings going forward in the rebuild that they need. So um, get whatever value you can. I mean, if, if something stupid happens, like I don't even know what the deal that I would want Smith back on at this point, because at this point I want to find out what we have in guys like Russo and maybe even Dan Renouf and Vili Sariarvi and, and those kind of guys where like, I do think that we should have some veterans around. And so I guess if we end up trading away Mike green and if we uh, like long-term retire uh, Cronwall, then Smith could be like a stopgap veteran. But even then, like, I don't know. The guy says he loves it here. And uh, I admit, I, I love Brennan Smith more than I hate him. I just like to uh, to get a rise out of Jeff, <laughs> mostly. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, just trade him and then sign him back in the summer. Just do the same thing with Vanek. Um, and we'll just continue to have uh, eight second and third pairing defensemen forever. Where do you want to go or? I'll go. Um, For me, I think um, at this point, if you're actually getting calls on him, you know, it's, it's time to pull the trigger, you know, find the best value that's out there, whether it's, you know, prospects coming back or if it's, um, you know, decent picks, you know, whatever it is, like he's a guy that's like, you know, he's kind of been on that edge of, well, do we keep him for his potential value to the Red Wings or do we trade him for his potential value um, in in some hypothetical deal? And it's, you know, it's always been on that edge. And now he's gotten to the point where it's like, well, 
he was always that guy that, you know, you want to give him more time. You want to see what he can turn into. Like he still has potential to develop into something. Well, we're pretty far past, you know, that, that potential stage now. So it's, to me, it's to the point where like, if there are teams that want him, trade him, because if we are going to do this whole rebuild thing, we have to get the young guys in the league, in the NHL early, whether it's Sariari, Hicketts, you know, I'd really love to see Russo up. There's definitely some other guys in Grand Rapids that have been um, kind of making noises here. Um, but giving bigger roles to Jensen or Roulette or, you know, finding a way to keep Sproul on the roster, um, you know, keeping Smith around does just add to or kind of maintains the logjam on defense that we have had for a long time. And, you know, again, no one's calling on Erickson. No one's calling on Cronwall. There's probably, you know, there's going to be, you know, trade partners out there for a guy like Mike Green. Whether or not they end up doing that, I don't know. Um, but with the possibility of actually getting value for Smith, you know, instead of just letting him go in the offseason, you know, I, I think it's time that we, we get a deal done. Maybe maybe it's just that Holland's getting a lot of calls, just they're all from me, and he I, I don't have any actual assets to trade for Brennan Smith. <laughs> you mean <laughs> no, he won't take a bag of pucks? He won't. I, but it, I mean, do you think there's any possibility that teams are calling, but they're offering a whole bunch of nothing, so this is Holland trying to say, like, fine, I'll re-sign him then. I'll, I'll up your bag of pucks to a seventh-round pick. I mean, I it think, could be. Yeah. I mean, it could be, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, if you look at what's available... Um, you know, obviously, you know, if you're looking for a defensive upgrade, I mean, Shattenkirk is, is, you know, the, the, by far the best you're going to get, I mean, far and away. Right. Um, but after that, I mean, it, it drops off, you know? So if you're a team like, you know, we talked about Pittsburgh before, you know, you got, I think Schultz and Matter are out right now. Uh, at least one of them is out for a few weeks. I mean, like, it's, it's not like they're out like day to day. I mean, they're out for a while. Um, uh, I think Schultz had a concussion, right? And then Matt is out for like Matt is out six, six weeks. weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, like they're a perfect fit for somebody like that because if you look at their defensive core last year, I mean, if you look at their defense going into the playoffs last year, you're like, holy shit, how could they win the Stanley Cup with these guys? You know, I mean, Ben Lovejoy was on. I mean, like, look, look, you know, look at their defensive core. You uh, so know, does that, that mean I'm going to have to root for the Penguins? Ew. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not saying like, like, I mean, I, I, I hate making like predictions like this stuff um, just because there's, there's so many moving parts and there's so many things that we don't know about, you know, like we're trying to make predictions with, you know, maybe 10% of the information that's available. Um, but I mean, Pittsburgh does seem like it, it would be a, an obvious fit um, because I do think Smith, you know, could definitely be a good fit for certain teams. You know, like I think he could have, he could be playing better than he has this year. Um, with different partners, perhaps, um, you know, so, I mean, I, I do think he has value, um, how much value, I don't know, but I mean, I do think he has value. I, I, I would not be surprised at all to see him get moved. I think Smith I hope, Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I just hope he ends up in Edmonton. I don't know why. I just find <laughs> Smith and Edmonton to be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. And a good memo in Edmonton. Uh, but, my concern there about the concept of have you know is Ken Holland just not gotten any like value offers out of him? Um, would we have accepted a third and a conditional fifth for Smith? Oh, yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, like, no question. 
Is that something that Calgary didn't offer Ken Holland, or did Ken Holland say no to that offer? Like, because you know Calgary would have had to have done their due diligence. They had to have had something, had to have a talk about Brendan Smith before they traded for Michael Stone. Yeah. So there's the question. I like. I don't know why they wouldn't have. Like, you can argue that uh, Stone is probably a little bit more valuable than Smith. Um, and you can make the the opposite argument. Too. So, did What's Calgary the, say, you know, take a fourth and fuck off, or you know, the best we're going to give you is is that fifth rounder, um, or did Ken Holland try to hardball and, and drive them straight to to Stone? I mean, what I don't know off the top of my head, Calgary's cap situation, what Stone's cap hit, and uh, Arizona held uh, half of his salary, so it's a two million dollar cap hit to, to okay. Calgary. That what's left of a two million dollar cap hit. I don't think they're anywhere near the cap. No, I don't think so. No, no, they're pretty close to it. They are currently at two point eight million. They could have fit him. Okay. I mean, maybe that. I mean, if if you're Holland, you just and some team says we'll take Brendan Smith. We'll give you a third and a fifth, but you have to keep half his salary. We'll just do it. Mm. He's a UFA, so who cares? Yeah, that's especially at this point of the year. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, if, if Ken Holland did that and somehow turned Brendan Smith into like a second round pick. Ha, wow. Okay. I know we say a lot of mean things about him, but <laughs> I would applaud Ken Holland for that. Do you think um, there's any merit to the idea that maybe Ken Holland is still kind of stuck on the whole like, well, Smith used to be a first round pick. Like I need no. to get. A, you don't think so? Like, I'm not so saying now. I'm not saying. I don't think he would hold out for a first round in return because that's just stupid talk. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's there's some people that, you know, still hold on to this idea that where you were drafted, you know, however many years ago, somehow has an impact on your value later on in your career. I mean, he was drafted, what, 10 years ago? Oh, uh, seven, I think. Yeah. Kendall was taken by the higher pick than Smith was, and he got yeah. traded last year. So, if if this was three years ago, maybe Ken Holland thinks that. But now, now I can't. I would. I do uh, think it's a good point. It's not a strategy, though. I do think that the concept of of Ken Holland throwing bad, uh, good money after bad, is something that's been holding him back, and that's exactly what that is. Yeah. Kendall was a scratch for. He was like deep in the doghouse for a while, though, too. So I don't. Yeah, I mean, Kindle have been totally been in and out, so but Kindle yeah, it's, it's had definitely not the same. Yeah, I'm just throw that out there. So, all right, let's move on to Vanek. I mean, he's he's gone. He's good as gone. So it's not so not so much the question of if he'll get traded, but what the Wings will get for him. What I mean, it, we, I guess we go around. You do you think we get a first for him? Would what would you what return would make you disappointed? When trading Thomas Vanek, I think um, one second with no additional value would honestly make me mad. And anything so worse than that. So if it's a second and a prospect, then you're like you're not happy, but okay. But I think it would depend on the yeah. prospect too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's my level of acceptability. Is not a throwaway prospect. Yeah, I mean, I I really think a first is 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 what he should get, especially with especially with the weak draft this year. Yeah, do you think trade teams probably more willing to trade that first rounder just because it's not yeah. that great of a draft? I, I I think so. I would imagine, yeah. They ought to be. Who is it that uh, 
was it Custance who said that every time he talks about teams not wanting <laughs> to trade a first, he gets a text from a team executive that says, "Stop saying that." Of course, people are going to trade their first. This is a bad draft class. I, I think so. I think that's who it was. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I can't remember who it was, but I do remember seeing that. The only thing that worries me is that I think that Vanek would be a really good fit in Chicago, and I don't think Chicago, like, I'm worried about their willingness to trade away their first-round pick in a year in which they're hosting the draft. Yeah, but the, your, your fan base doesn't care if you win a Stanley Cup. That's true. So. I, th- I think it'd be freaking dumb to hold on to your first round pick just because you're hosting the draft but yeah they'd get they'd get lambasted for that yeah they should be (laughs) i agree um los angeles also seems like a good fit and they don't seem to love holding on to their first round picks too much either so um yeah i think a first round pick is, is definitely doable if we don't get that then uh, two second rounders, a uh, second round and a prospect. I mean, shit, I'd like a first rounder and a throwaway prospect. Sure. Um, and I think that it's not totally crazy outside the realm of possibility where at asking for that is, is stupid. Um, but if it, like, if Vanek goes for a third round pick, that's a failure. That would be if, bad. If Vanek gets you one second round pick, that's a failure. Well, if, if Michael Stone's getting you a third and a fifth. Yeah. Then Vanek better be a whole hell of a lot more than that. Yeah, just trying to think of a segue, and I had nothing. Mm-hmm. Are we done on Vanek? Yeah, it's pretty that. obvious. Um, we got Green. Green. I don't think Green gets traded. I mean, we just run through these guys real quick. Answer half of our mailbag questions, probably anyway. Here, Green. <laughs> yeah. Do we think he gets traded? Anyone? No. I don't. I don't no, think I, so. I say maybe twenty-five percent. I mean, could happen, but I, 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 I'd be surprised to see it. team Tatar. Mm. Uh, outside chance of Tatar, not. I'd say Tatar is probably twice as likely as Nyquist, uh, mm. and I'd put Tatar at fifty-fifty. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I think Tatar or Nyquist is 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 much higher chance than Green. I I can't see them being moved either, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Tatar has basically been ready to get moved since the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been asking him the question, like, what What if you get traded? Like, well, it, it is what it is. So I think his resurgence, uh, the fact that he's not currently suspended, uh, <laughs> the fact that he's uh, still a pending RFA, mm-hmm. um, all work in the favor of, of getting better value and, and more interest. So... Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I think the RFA thing is a big is is a huge difference, you know. And I I honestly have no idea. Like, I'm I'm too biased and not good enough at at trade speculation to tell you what would piss me off as far as too small a return for for Tatar. Like, I want to say a third rounder would piss me off there too. Yeah, I think but, you're gonna have more at that. But like, I don't know if he's worth a first rounder. Like, you kind of want to get like good prospects like not I mean, even picks there like i i don't know i mean i, I think mean, like to go back to what we said before like if you look at i mean like if you look at potential you know i think tatar has the potential to develop in a higher you know uh performer's position than smith does you know i mean i think he has a definitely a much higher ceiling so i think you know he should get a better pick well yeah trading with tatar has a big possibility of looking back and realizing that we got freaking ripped off on that deal yeah and I'm sure when Prashant listens to this, he's 
fist pumping at that because <laughs> he's he's, he's, uh, he's out yeah. in North End right now. So that's Having a good thing. This family. <laughs> it's kind of late in Boston. Well, okay, maybe he was. He's he might be done. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyone else? Who who did we forget? Any is I mean. You don't see anyone else getting traded, right? Steve All the usual Ott. suspects. Steve Ott. <laughs> Steve, Steve Ott for a eighth round pick. We're just there is a lot of buzz going on about him, and I well, I think you, that it, like trading him makes sense, and I think yeah. that there is going to be a team that's that's going to throw a bone on that. I've been Wait, saying trading him makes Don, sense. Don Sweeney trade us a third for Steve Ott. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a better version of Zach Ronaldo. Right? Yeah, Zach Ronaldo got a third. Paul Gostad once got a first. So. <laughs> Yeah, give us a, a decent pick for Steve Ott. Steve, Mr. Hockey Ott. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Just making up names for uh, for what he does. And uh, let's see, Drew Miller requested a trade. <laughs> that, no one wanted that made him me for free, though. Yeah. Like, I understand the sentiment, but just, no. I would honestly trade him for future considerations. Oh, sure. It would... Clear $75,000 off our cap. But who's going to want that? I don't know. Maybe some other team wants to go on a AHL run. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, you could just make the future considerations be like, Drew Miller plays every game in the regular season for you. <laughs> you have to give us a seventh-round pick. <laughs> Obviously, that's not going to happen. But All right. So this time next week, we'll have a different-looking team, I'm sure. Well, a little bit at least. Much more uh, uh, around the league. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that. I did around the league. Yeah, oh, yeah, and then I dropped my wedding ring on my keyboard, and then it made oh. this noise. Anyway, let's try this <laughs> which, again. Which key did it hit? Uh, the key the, to oh, no. your heart. I don't know. Okay. Is that an Apple key? I don't. I'm not familiar. No, I just, I just <laughs> was trying to be clever. I'm going to take a moment here, and then we'll start this again. Around the league. <laughs> Uh, I got a mad Kyle would be if you were here hosting. Kyle, you screwed. <laughs> you were just Kyle. going off the rails. Well, you know, it's been how long have I? It's been like months <laughs> since I've done this. It's just I just woke up from a nap and I was like, ah, I gotta plug in my headset and talk about hockey and trading Brendan Smith. It's like a freaking funeral over here. Okay, <laughs> relax. <laughs> I don't like screw around the league like it, I had to watch the Bruins because of work and they win a lot and and I don't know Matthews and Line A played the other day and <laughs> suck it Matthews <laughs> go Line A that is a fun rivalry to watch and also to root for Line A did you see that goal he had that was ridiculous yes like the one timer off the back foot I mean that was just insane I saw on NHL.com something that made me laugh today. They were um, talking about the Kings making a playoff run, and it was essentially Jonathan Quick is their deadline acquisition. (laughs) 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 And it made me sad and bittersweet for old times. (laughs) I hope the Kings miss the playoffs. Fuck them. Yeah, At this point, like I don't even know who I'm rooting for out west. Like I, I know that I'm probably I, rooting for the Western Conference to win the Cup this year. Um, really? See, I don't think I would be. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Ovi win. Yeah, you know what? There it is. It's, it's got to yeah. be Ovi. It's his turn. But I, I, in, I, I, in, I, in the West, though, because Washington's not going to make it past the second round. That's true. Yeah. So in the West. 
Can I can I offer a suggestion? This might get me lambasted by Wings cramp, Wings fans, but um, what about Nashville? Ooh. They they have demoted Mike Ribeiro off their team to the you know harsh cold of Wisconsin. Yeah, they traded for Subban. I can get over James I Neal. I won't. <laughs> I wouldn't actively of, root for them, but I mean, I wouldn't be like angry if they won, I guess, is where I stand. I guess most of it's just PK Subban. I mean, I just look at it as teams I don't want to win from the West. Chicago, <laughs> like, St. Yeah. Louis, Minnesota, Anaheim. <laughs> like literally everybody else. Who I'd be cool with winning? Edmonton. Sharks wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I'd be indifferent about. Nashville probably falls in that category. Calgary won. That's fine. L.A. can fuck off, like just because they've won before. Yeah. Like, if Winnipeg made the playoffs, okay, whatever. No. So I mean, and essentially, my judgment is completely clouded in the sense that, like, where does Brendan Smith end up? I'm probably going <laughs> to just end up rooting for whatever playoff team Brendan Smith gets on. So that's that's where I'm at. But what about uh, you? Used to love a uh, yarn croc. Me? Nah, yeah. I don't know who that is. You were <laughs> no, you were super high. On I'm him. Team Shayan. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> yeah, you know his 20 goals this year. The only bold prediction I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna go four for five. Hey, you never know. Yeah, I was mentioning that in our team chat the other day for for you listeners. That uh, it's sad that it used to be the best defense against the. Hey, remember that leg that awful leg one trade was. Well, we had too many young centers that were running out of options, and it came down to it was either Shane or Yarncroc. And prior to this year, it was, oh, well, that, yeah, of course, yeah, Shane. And, uh, <laughs> well, thanks for that, Riley. <laughs> I was just, I was looking at the East, and um, the, the crazy thing is that if the playoffs started today, Montreal is the top team in the Atlantic. They would play the Rangers as the wild card and the Rangers have six more points in Montreal. <laughs> like that's crazy. Like unless something changes, oh my. Montreal that's is going to play well, a team that has better, more points than them. And they're going to understand Montreal is yeah. doing their own version of the South tank and trying to lose the Atlantic division so they can play some shitty team like Ottawa, Toronto, Boston, or Florida in the first round instead of the Rangers. Mm. So yeah, that was very smart. Yeah. Boston wants to win the Atlantic, Florida, Whatever, take it. You go play that more difficult team. We'll play the shitty Canadian team. How do we feel about being uh, happy about Ottawa potentially winning the cup? I don't mind Ottawa yeah. because I like uh, Bonks Mullet. So, hmm. yeah, and I like Eric Carlson. I'm kind of indifferent to Ottawa. It's like whatever. Ottawa winning the cup would infuriate Toronto fans. Dion mm-hmm. Phaneuf would win the cup in Ottawa. See, oh, that, that, would be, be, that would be that amazing. would be fun. I could get on board with that. Yeah, I mean it's not going to happen, but yeah, so, I could probably like live off of the Twitter reaction to that for about a month. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I actually despise Ottawa outside of Eric Carlson, so that would just make me angry. What about Columbus? No, no. I, like, yeah, I can't, can't get past Tortorella. I, I I couldn't root for them unless Brendan Smith's on their team. I couldn't mm-hmm. root for them. <laughs> But I, I probably wouldn't like vehemently. It wouldn't upset me. There's, just, I think, yeah. the only teams that like it would upset me in the East. I got to pull up the standings again now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I don't want to see Pittsburgh win. I don't want to see Montreal win. And I don't want to see Boston win. 
The rest, I'd kind of be like, yeah, whatever. But Florida, you got Yager? It doesn't bother me. They can win. It'd be fine. He's already won. But... Oh, whatever. Why I, Why do I hate Florida? But, yeah, no, he, he hasn't won in his 50s yet, so. Because Riley Smith? Why would uh, I, hate I really them? hate wouldn't I, low key. Wouldn't I like them? Maybe Brendan can go to Florida and the Bash brothers. <laughs> I, I low-key despise Vincent Trocek. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, I'm, I'm 100% he's, on board with that. He's the, the Sunrise Tyler Johnson. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I guess in ranking, yeah, I guess, like, Pittsburgh in the East would be my least favorite. Oh, Toronto. Team to I win. definitely don't want Toronto to win. Oh, yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Okay, Toronto, uh, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Montreal... Boston, um, as far as the teams that are actually in the playoffs right now. In the West, the ranking from least, like, the worst would be Chicago winning it again. And then, it's like, it's a t- it's honestly a toss-up between Minnesota and, An- and Anaheim. I don't know. You dislike Minnesota more than I dislike Minnesota. I mean, I don't like Minnesota, but I don't like Anaheim. Their fans are so dumb. Yeah, and Anaheim doesn't right. have you, any fans. You interact with them more than I do, so that's why you have that. I'm just kind of like, I like their green jerseys. That's cool. Like, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing else from around the league. You guys give a crap about the rest of this league? Not really. No, I really tried. It's not Great. Then I, I think... We need to just get to the two parts of the podcast that everyone cares about the most. <laughs> First off, positivity corner. So, JJ, what are you positive about today? Is this still how we do this? I don't know. It's been a while. Oh, I usually don't have to start. You don't have to start? All right, fine. Then, Peter, what are you oh, positive great. about? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use JJ's time to think of something. Um, uh-huh. Hmm. Okay, I will. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of a throwback. I don't think I talked about this on here, um, but uh, you know, going back to when uh, you know we had our winging it in Motown weekend, um, one of the things that I eventually got in the mail from that uh, is I have a farewell to the Joe Puck um, signed by Athanasiu and Mantha, um, and so that is going up in my my memorabilia collection, which. Right now, cons- also consists of a Roberto Luongo signed Islanders puck. So, um, <laughs> let's hope that these two, um, you know, are, uh, do well for uh, the team that they signed the puck for, as opposed to the other one that did not work out so well for the original team. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty cool memorabilia, like a little keepsake to to remember the trip by and, and this year and everything. Nice, Lauren. Um. I will say that I did enjoy the um, the wins this week over uh, Washington and Pittsburgh. Um, and while the Wings did not win yesterday on my birthday, um, which I that honestly didn't bum me out too much because it's kind of an expected thing. Like <laughs> they they lose more often than they win on my birthday. Uh, but Zetterberg scored a pretty cool goal in the game last night, so that that made me pretty happy. JJ. No, I will say um, that's a perfect transition, though, because I will say that Zetterberg has been a lot of fun to watch this season. I know we spend a lot of time talking about how uh, the development of the kids has been has been great. But uh, earlier in the season, I was probably a little unfairly down on Z, um, you know, as the captain of the team struggling. But 
he's really separated himself out as the guy who does not accept what is happening. And it is very clear every game that he is giving it his all and that he's, uh, he's playing it exceptionally well. So uh, I'm having a lot of fun watching him and, and once again being reminded that, I, that as a whole, the fan base has probably not uh, appreciated Zetterberg as much as they should have. I have a question out of that. Do you, do you, seeing how Zetterberg has, what he's done with Mantha, and then knowing what he did with Larkin last year, and how Larkin's kind of taken a little sophomore slump this year, is he, is he kind of like the kid whisperer? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the old two kids and an old goat, just in reverse. <laughs> yeah, you almost, you almost, you know, next year you can put Nolan Patrick with him. Maybe Nico Hershier. <laughs> okay. Uh, positivity corner. I finally met Prashanth uh, for the first time today. I have spoken to him numerous times and talked about Brendan Smith numerous times, but I finally got to have intelligent, <laughs> lengthy conversation about loving Brendan Smith with someone who shares the same feeling as me. And it was such a positive, worthwhile, enlightening beer-filled experience. That's <laughs> uh, are all the best ones. It, it was it was definitely definitely a positive experience. Yes. So uh, that's all I got. I, I got nothing else. So should we uh, should we do some reader questions? Yeah, let's do some reader questions. All right. Uh, first off, I want to start off by apologizing to Happy Pappy 96 Last time we did this, he asked a pretty lengthy question about Zetterberg that I cut all the context out of and made it sound like a really stupid question. Uh, so I apologize for that. Uh, I will say that I'm probably going to do that again this time, too, because uh, you guys still ask a lot of long questions. But I'll try not to do it specifically to Happy Pappy. So... <laughs> We'll start off with uh, Chai Wings guy who wants to know. Uh, he'd say we'd love to get your take on the power play moving forward and evolving next year. Should somebody be fired or replaced on the coaching staff? Uh, not the coaching staff, but someone definitely should be fired and fired into the sun, taken away from the power play at all times, and that's Cronwall. <laughs> that's got to be Cronwall, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's just hard to watch. We've talked at length. His lack of the move of mobility is costing him passing lanes. It's costing him the um, the willingness to jump down lower for uh, better shooting lanes. Uh, it's just it. All the passes to him take a little bit longer uh, to get there and also to come back, and it just kind of slows everything down. So yeah, I would say I mean for for a while Zetterberg was kind of a black hole in terms of holding the puck, but he's 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 uh, like that hasn't been much of an issue for a while now. Like for a while, it was both of them on the same unit, you know, and that was terrible. But I think Zetterberg's gotten a lot better uh, at moving the puck quicker. Um, but Cronwell is just, yeah. yeah. The, the other point is, die. Cronwell being on the power play is a coaching decision. So yeah, there's true. something to be said about that. Yeah. Fire Blashill. <laughs> and a lot of people are saying that, yeah. Uh, would entering and keeping the zone without the drop pass change things drastically? God, I'd like to see it. I'm, the, I'm so over the drop pass. I think it's a red herring. I mean, yeah. I, I like other teams do it too. I remember uh, 
at least one of the one of the recent games. Maybe it was even like was it Washington or Pittsburgh? Like one of them, I saw them and do it a couple times. I think it's just like who you're dropping it to. Um, and plus, I mean, it shouldn't be the only thing you do. I think it's amazing to see how easily Athanasiu enters the zone carrying the puck with uh, speed and wonder yeah. why we don't do that with Larkin more often, too. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is that the problems with the power play, I mean, they have to be on coaching. It's coaching and personnel, and it's mostly that they are not moving consistently as a five-man unit to um, appropriately stretch and or compress the, the defenders. They get themselves, they skate into a corner, or they give the opponent too long uh, to lose pucks well enough. They're taking too long into the zone. And like I said, I don't think the drop pass is, is really that big a deal. It's just the way that they're doing it. They're just, everything is just too slow. So, yeah, fire the coach. I I have a problem with, like, going the fire the coach route because we essentially did that this past offseason, and it didn't really change anything. Um, Obviously, if you have, like, if the issue is that the players on the power play are the wrong choices, it's, you know, it's a personnel decision made by the coaches. But... I don't think it's the power play coach himself and it's, but I, I think it's just an unwillingness to cut the time of, you know, our, our big name players, you know, and whenever they do try and shake up the power play to try and get something going, because, you know, that worked really well this season. Um <laughs> they try putting players like Riley Shane on there or like shove out Abdelkader in front of the net again, even though he blocks more pucks and, you know, than he deflects in or you put Steve out on the power play for some like (laughs) unknown reason. Like they, they're, you know, the general idea of, Oh, let's try switching it up is good, but they make the most bass backwards decisions on the players. They actually put on the power play, but you know, that's, that's been a reluctant thing for the coaches to do for a long time. Like it took a long time for, um, players like Tatar Nyquist to get like consistent power play time under Babcock, you know? So it's, it's very frustrating that that trend has continued with the young players. You know, they like Athanasiu and Mantha, like got taken off the power play recently and like for no reason it seemed. So, or it's in response to something on the defensive side. And it's like, well, they're in a very offensive situation. So why? I don't know. But the the point is, is you can say it is a coaching problem because it certainly is. But until the entire coaching staff changes its philosophy, you know, it's, it's not, you know, nothing's going to change. And I, it seems like the only way you can completely change that would be to, turn over the entire coaching staff and that just <laughs> we, we really don't want to go down that route that is not the way to go yeah it's really well said uh let's see group squad asked a question that peter already answered in the comments so i'll skip that skip over that timmy timmons wants to know what is riley shan doing wrong not, not putting the puck in the net <laughs> how should he fix it Swore. wait till his shooting percentage gets higher <laughs> 
<laughs> Hard to argue with that. His shot rate isn't very good either. I think he's doing better. Like he had been doing a, a, a good job of battling in the corners for pucks, but he's still not getting open. And like he's he's cost himself to the point where he's he doesn't deserve line mates who are going to make a ton of space for him anyway. So uh, it it's even harder. It's like a little quicksand for him. But um, keep shooting the puck. Do a little bit better at it. Work a little bit harder and. Eventually, one has to go in. I mean, I mean, was it the Pittsburgh game where, like, I thought he had scored because, like, it, it was it was a like he was open. He had a great setup. It wasn't. It, it was a good shot. It was just a good like. I think it was a good save. Like, I think it was Murray who just got his pad over. But I thought for sure I was like, hey, he scored. No, I guess he didn't. So yeah, I kind of at this point your hopes up. I'm at, at I'm at the point where I, I want to see him not score for the entire year. Like I'd probably be so I'd be impressed. Well, you know, he makes money. He's fine. He's a professional athlete. I'm not worried about his feelings. But the dogs, the I don't puppies know. and the kitties. Don't you care about that? Well, you know, if he doesn't play yeah. hot, play for the wings because he can't score, then he has more time for dogs elsewhere. You're a monster, Jeff. Yeah. Well, we knew that. <laughs> it's just, just it would be it. <laughs> I don't know I'd be like I, I'm rooting against him for scoring at this point so <laughs> no I still want him to like I want him to score the just the dumbest way like I don't know if it wanted to be the very last game uh, like guess. to be a game winner or to be like yeah it's, that's what's gonna happen we're gonna be at the last game at the Joe freaking Riley Shane's gonna score with like three minutes left to give the wings the 3-2 win Either that or like one of those we're getting uh, pasted six to nothing and he breaks the shutout. God, if we were losing six to nothing to the Devils. No, not even the last game of the season, though. Like, oh, just any game. Yeah. I, I want it to be, at this point, it, just, it needs to be funny. <laughs> like, not an empty net. Like, if it's going to be an empty netter, it'll be like Glenn Denning shoots it on the backhand up the ice and it hits the top of Shane's head and bounces in. Yeah, it, but it's, <laughs> but it's not be... judged directed in by Shane. Or he gets a he gets a breakaway to an empty net and he gets tripped and he doesn't actually put it into the net, but that's an auto goal. Yeah. He does he gets a goal without getting without actually putting the puck in the net. That's what I want. That would be well, like, 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 like what about Vanix behind the net and then he banks it off of Shane and into the goal. That'll work. Yeah. I'll take it. Ugh. I still think the the breakaway towards an empty net where it gets pulled down, and <laughs> that that would be the best Riley Shane goal. <laughs> yeah. Or Yuri Hitler puts it into his own net for him. No, or, yeah, that's what I mean. It could be someone else shooting it in. He's just yeah. the last guy that touched the puck. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. like they, they play Pittsburgh, and Brendan Smith shoots it in his own net on Matt Murray, and Shane was the one that lost the puck to Brendan Smith. So... Th- Therefore, it's Shane's goal. I think I'd like it if they plan that. Yeah, they, that's a good idea. Like, Shane passes it directly to Brendan Smith, and then Brendan Smith, like, winks at Murray, and Murray just gets out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah, that's, Smith has been traded to Pittsburgh, everybody. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah, we got that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Beekert58 wants to know, uh, if we do end up trading away guys like Vanek and Smith, who do we want to be called up to take their places? So, like, who comes up to replace Vanek? Yurko. <laughs> okay, so who, who comes up to sit in favor of you? 
Svechnikov. I want to see Hicketts up. Well, Hicketts is a defenseman. <laughs> well, for Smith, Smith is a defenseman <laughs> despite his lack of defensive abilities. <laughs> I think I, I definitely like to see Svechnikov as long as he's ready. Yeah, you know, he's ready. ready to get a good shot. As, if Switch comes up, he has to play. There's no point yeah. calling up just a sit. Right. You know, a black ace for a tank run. Yeah. <laughs> that would be depressing. <laughs> Drew Miller. <laughs> oh, yeah. Matt Dorito. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, that, I think that the, the call up, and there's actually a question way down uh, by, uh, by Griffin's Nest. That basically calls for calling up Ferk. I think that might actually be a really good idea. Oh, they, they should not? call up Ferk okay. to play in those back-to-back games in Carolina. That'd be good. <laughs> That'd be good. But yeah, like to replace Vanek, a right-handed, offensive-only, doesn't play defense guy. With, I mean, they're not the. They're not even close to the same. But I mean, Ferk is the tanking version of Vanek. Mm-hmm. Might as well. Yeah, I'm all in. Set him up in the OB spot on the power play and just see if that fixes two things. Mm. Nothing else would be fun because I love Ferk puns. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that uh, I'd like I'd really like to see Russo called up yeah. in a chance. R- Russo or Hicketts, that's it. Yeah. Um, Svechnikov to play, like, I don't know about Tyler Bertuzzi. I think he'll be a roster regular next year, hopefully on the you know on the third and fourth line. So, while we're trying to tank, I, I would rather give that opportunity to more kids who should have a higher ceiling, I guess. I mean, it's, it's the perfect opportunity, you know? Yeah. I mean, what do you got to lose? Maybe they can even play games in one game. Wait, the point is to lose games in a tank, though. I know, but he said, what do you got to lose? Yeah. And I said games. I said it was a bad thing. <laughs> Touche. Counter 19, in your opinion, how big do you think losing Datsuk has affected the play of guys like Abdelkader, Shan, Nyquist, Tatar? Well, uh, basically everybody sucks and they can't not be a Datsuk, right? Considering that Abdelkader scored half his goals by Datsuk directing it off of his butt, <laughs> he misses him the most. <laughs> yeah. I, that's not even a question for me. He's definitely the one that that has suffered the most in his absence. Yeah, yeah I... I don't know. Like the whole team has suffered from Datsuk being a single-handed possession monster. I, like Franz Nielsen has played well this season, but he's not Datsuk. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, Advocator should be able to do more without Datsuk. Yeah, and yet, <laughs> yep. And here he is for the next six more years. Uh, Eight-Legged Freaks wants to know, at, what, at this point, what do you think it would take for Chris Illich to move in a different direction with front office personnel? Not much, actually. I think he... I don't know. <laughs> like, part of me thinks, like, yeah, they could miss the playoffs, and, like, he'd just be like, see ya, Holland, and just go in a different direction this year. Would I, I, I guess I don't think that will happen, but I would not be shocked. Like, if something like that, I would be like, whoa! I'd be like, oh, okay. All right, here we go. I think at this point it would be surprising to me if the ownership, and Chris Illich specifically, did not already have a plan for what's going to happen after Holland and did not already have in their mind when Holland is gone. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, the, what increasingly with the rumors that Holland's done after what he's got one year left on his yeah. deal, whether he goes to Toronto or he just retires or he moves up in the organization, that there's I'm sure there's some plan in place. But now here's the question: Mike's gone. Does Chris? have a different mindset or a different thought process with this team, you know, and if he's say Chris didn't like all the stuff Holland's done the last few years, but it was Mike was the one saying, no, he gets to do what he wants. Like, we don't know that dynamic behind the scenes. So maybe Chris is like, he, he fires Holland and he brings someone else to do the rebuild. You know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, I think a lot more unknowns than the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that, uh, Chris Illich is a smart businessman. Mike Illich was a, was a sports fan. Chris Illich is a, is a businessman. And even if he has come to the realization that he's not happy with what Holland has done, I think he probably realizes that the business decision is to uh, let Holland kind of leave on his own term rather than uh, ignominiously firing him, uh, just kicking him to the curb, saying, screw you, we're going in a different direction. Um, especially if they're going to rebuild, then you just let them work through this well, summer and then, okay, not, bye. What about another train of thought here? If they know Holland's going to leave after next year and missing the playoffs and the whole rebuild is here sooner than expected, do you want the guy who's going to be gone in a year to be doing pulling the strings on the rebuild, or do you want to bring in the guy now that you know is going to be here throughout the entire process. I think you have that conversation behind the scenes with Ken Holland and you make that decision whether or not that can be something that's done. Well, I, I'm, I, I get that. I'm asking you, <laughs> what do you, I mean, yeah. what would you, you would, would you, what would you want? Like Ken Holland, it's your job to fix as many of the mistakes as you can before you retire. <laughs> and if you can't, I will fire you mid season and I'll, say mean things about you in the lunchroom. <laughs> I mean, they're an old boys club. I don't know. I think that they're already planning on moving on from Holland after next season, um, but not before. I think Holland keeps his job throughout the entire next year. I mean, it seems, it seems to be the most likely scenario. Yeah, I, I guess I don't really see a situation unfolding where Ken Holland would lose his job. Like, I mean, you think about the reputation that he has built up and, you know, lost parts of it, you know, in the years since then. But there's a legacy there that I I just don't see the wings tarnishing with um, with a firing because, you know, that's that's just not how this team operates. And that's not how Ken Holland operates you know, as we've seen from the contracts that he's handed out, the the deals that he's made with guys that shouldn't have ever gotten one contract, let alone three, Dan Cleary. Um, you know, so I just, I don't, like I said, I just don't see a situation where Ken Holland would ever be fired because it's, it's not how he's run things. And he's been with the team long enough that they're going to, um, they're going to, you know, give him, the same treatment that he has given to the team for a long time. And that's, you know, respect and, um, you know, whatever. So yeah, I, I, there's no way that they don't have a plan because they, they have to know that 
you know, his time is, is kind of up. Um, so I, it is unfortunate that, you know, I, I, I don't really like the idea that he is going to be around for another year, but yeah, they've, they've got to have a plan in place for sure. Yeah. Okay. The next two questions are trade questions. So I'm going to skip right over this and head out to uh, sugar mouse's question, which also says sugar mouse. Uh, can you give us some insight into how Ken Holland went from being a brilliant GM in the pre-salary cap years to being a GM whose moves make no logical sense? Uh, for example, blah, 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 Zetterberg, Datsuk, and we got a great team, and then we didn't have such a great team. Uh, can you please give us some insight into that ha- and how that happens? Salary cap? Yeah, I mean, that's the easy <laughs> answer, right? I mean, yeah. the whole the whole drafting thing, back in the day, we had guys over in Europe and spent a lot more money, didn't we, than other teams? And now every there's just there's more eyes on prospects all over mm-hmm. the world these days than before. So you can't find a guy like Nick Lidstrom and wait till the third round to draft him. Like because you're the only one that's seen him. Or like Datsuk where you accidentally find Datsuk in some little time in town in Russia in the mid nineties and no one else sees him. Everyone sees him these days. So it's it, the whole drafting in my opinion, scouting is more difficult in the sense that the competition is tougher. I mean, I, I think the other, you know, I, I know I said this, you know, little snarky answer, which, 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 I, which is still most, most of it. Um, but I think he hasn't, he hasn't adapted to, um, you know, that it doesn't make sense to sign the players he's signing to long-term deals. You know, if you look at, if you look at the teams that are successful, you know, they pretty much sign, you know, they're maybe their top two line guys, their top pairing guys. And if they have like a franchise goalie, you know, those are the players that should be getting long term deals. Uh, you know, you don't give seven year contracts to players that are, you know, middle six players. Um, it doesn't work, you know. And so, I mean, part of it, I think, is maybe just just been, you know, slower to adapt to, you know, to, to things like that in the in the post salary cap era. It's too loyal. Definitely. Um, to, to go off your point, like you don't need four years for a guy like Luke Glendening. You can call up a kid who makes $500,000 can do fill the same role. So, yeah, I mean, like like it it goes into the idea of the rebuild too, is like, you know, what are the things that we have to do? And it's going to be hard to do immediately, but it's like the thing we have to move towards is, you know, getting, getting a lot more value out of our entry level contracts. Um, You know, it's a little harder with defensemen than forwards because, you know, I mean, it is true that in, in many cases, defensemen do take longer to develop. Um, but, you know, I mean, if you look around the league, I mean, you look at, you know, not even like super elite rookies or something like that. You know, you see, you know, these teams have these, um, you know, kind of next, you know, maybe next two tier players down, you know, that they get two, you know, two years of their ES, you know, their entry level contract is in the NHL you know, producing for the team, you know, for really cheap. And then there are RFAs and then you get, you know, the bridge deals and stuff, you know, so we really need to move towards getting, you know, better value for that than we have. I think uh, you, you touched on it, but I want to get a little bit more specific in terms of how exactly the NHL has changed yeah. um, with the salary cap and, and the, the whole parity league is one of the things that you don't really have anymore are teams that are essentially glorified uh, farm teams. Um, even after the salary cap came out, that's what Nashville was for a very long time. They would draft really well, 
And they would develop these guys because they'd have plenty of opportunity to give to kids like that. And then when it came time to have to actually pay the market value, they couldn't do it. They would trade them. Um, I mean, there's a lot of ex-Nashville players (laughs) that are out there uh, that, that are just like that. And then that pipeline got shut off. And what Ken Holland did in the the midterm, because you, you figure the 97-98, those were teams that Ken Holland wasn't had not architected. Um, the, the Hall of Fame team was essentially a bought team. And then, but that still gave them the opportunity to to take gambles late rounds in the draft and to buy talent. And that was something that had gotten them through. And then that pipeline essentially shut and drafting became much more important and franchise draftees became much more prominent. And Ken Holland just did not react to that. And that's, that's what we've seen the Red Wings fall off. And over the years, he's made a lot of, sensible gambles that have not worked out. And I think he's gotten more unlucky than, than bad with a lot of shit. Um, but yeah, he's, he has not figured out the, the need to, to draft much better. And they haven't done that. Also, there's been a big brain drain in the organization too. Mm. Like Jim yeah. Nill and Steve Eiserman. Mm. So, um, I did just see something on Twitter, I want to say Monday, because um, it's the um, whatever year anniversary of the Miracle on Ice, blah, blah, blah. It's been all over the place lately, and it's whatever. But um, with, I, th- I think it was Tom Mitsos that was talking about it, was that um, the idea of getting the right players and not necessarily the best players is still so ingrained in like the hockey executives. Like you look at how USA hockey has been constructed for international tournaments the last few years. Like that's kind of the, the, the proliferating um, ideology in, in some teams still like you, you get the, the role playing guys and it's like, well, those guys aren't necessarily the best, best players you know best players and and the right players are no longer um you know they're they're no longer the same thing and i don't think they ever were the same thing in in a lot of cases um but it that it's that traditional um way of thinking that hasn't been filtered out completely because you you do have um, executives in this this old boys club, you know, they they kind of end up in a bit of an echo chamber of their own ideas, and that that kind of I, that kind of thinking just doesn't leave. So you know, you you get stuck with this cycle of signing veteran presence and um, you know making these trades that just that don't benefit the team, you know, in in the way that you're. Um, you're wanting the team to like, I don't know. I'm getting, getting off track on my, my thoughts here, but you know, it's, it, that's the kind of thing that needs to change. If you, if you want to see, um, 
like the the wings really make a culture change is, is that kind of thinking needs to needs to adapt and it, it hasn't and a lot of other teams have recognized that change um and have been successful at implementing that into their organizations yeah absolutely i think that's a really good point i think that uh uh, Los Angeles and Columbus are two teams that are that are built all like that too, and of course they're better than the Red Wings right now. But it's a good point. It's that whole like right player versus best player thing. Um, moving on, Mikey Likey Hockey asked a bunch of questions. Uh, of all the likely trade bait targets, who do you think performs the best in any potential new city and why? That's going to be rapid fire. So go ahead, Peter. Uh, Vanek. Why? Because he's the best. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, yeah. Um, are we talking Red Wings trades? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I'd I'd say Vanek. Jeff, you're gonna say Smith, right? Smith, because thumbs up. All right. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on retaining salary for guys like uh, Howard and Green to make them movable now, even with a stagnant cap? How much space do we really need? Uh, basically, if we're rebuilding, being at the, at the cap doesn't make doesn't matter anyway. So. Uh, why don't we go ahead and retain salary for these guys? What do you think? Yes? Uh, green, I'd probably lead towards more because you could probably get more from him, maybe. Slash, his deal's only got one more year on it. How many does yeah. Jimmy have left? Three? One. one? He's only one, two? One as well? Am I wrong? I might be wrong. Oh, okay. Well, I'd... sure. Do it. Whatever. I don't care. That the. No, Jimmy Howard has two more seasons after this. I was going to say that didn't, one year didn't sound quite yeah, right. I'm wrong. Yeah. Ah, screw it. Two years. I'll still do it. Sign me up. Finally, is there a non-zero chance that management actually commits to selling and rebuilding instead of half-assing it? Yeah. Yeah, there's a chance. Yeah. Would you put Always it over 10%? I would put it over 10%. I'd put it at 10%. I don't. It's, it's not going to be something that they're going to come right out and say, like, yeah, we're going to try and lose. Or we're we're totally committing to to um, starting this team over. Like they're never going to come out and say that, but you know they're they're definitely more stealth tank than anything. I'm going to give it a 33 percent chance. Hmm. Pacific. <laughs> uh, NMU asks a lot of. Does this trade make sense? So let's just jump in. <laughs> Detroit gets Hayden Flurry in a 2017 third from Carolina for Nyquist and Sproul. That's an overpayment, isn't it? Yeah. Hayden Flurry that so. good. Pass. Yeah. Detroit has to retain $1.25 million to get a 2017 fourth rounder for Pittsburgh from Pittsburgh for Smith. Pass. Uh, I'd probably do that. For what rounder? Fourth. Fourth. Yeah. Okay. I'd do it. I'd like to get more, but I would do that. Sure. Uh conditional two hundred nineteen seventh pick from yes. Columbus for Drew Miller. Yes. Any anything you can get for him, <laughs> just take it. Same question for Ott. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh I got a twenty seventeen sixth from Chicago for Yuriko. No. I'd take that. I mean I I'd want, I'd want more. It seems yeah, but it seems like he's never going to more play. for all of these. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Peter, what are you saying? No, I'm just saying like it seems like Yurko, like they're not really, you know, it, it seems like we might as well just get anything for him at this point. Like he's just going to sit every game. Is he he's he's eligible for the expansion draft, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So 
So is he just one of those guys that the wings are just going to hang on to just so they have, because they have to expose someone? I don't know. Mm. Could be. I don't know. Uh, last one is we get uh, Washington's first for Vanek, uh, but we retain $1.2 million, and we also send either a prospect or the third rounder that Toronto owes us. No. That sounds... I'm not giving them anything other than Vanek. Yeah, why do we have to sweeten the pot for Washington's exactly. pick? Because that should be 31st. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pass. Philosophy time. Oh, I love philosophy. I hate I it, actually. If Steve Ott fights a tree while alone in the forest and nobody is around to see it, does he make a sound when he loses? Yes. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, I lost to a tree. <laughs> does he Arr. still affect a Red Wings victory? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does he still inspire the other trees? Oh, wait, no, it wouldn't be other trees. No, they're the other team. Never mind. Yeah, the rest, of the, I the, rest know. Of the fucking mushrooms in that forest get all feisty. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that through. All right. Frank Minetti wants to know are the wings stuck in purgatory <laughs> mode until they commit to a rebuild? Why don't you so, answer this one? Some, somebody say duh for me, please. Duh. Duh. Uh, let's Have see. we been in purgatory the last like four seasons? Then the answer is yes. Yeah. All right, that's all that question I want to ask. Uh, PD Corin with uh, Mr. I passing. Who will take over control of the wings? That's Chris Illich, right? Yep. yep. Uh, can we expect any changes in philosophy? We've kind of touched on this, but uh, if you want to get any deeper on that, go ahead. Uh, I just say yes. <laughs> I think there'll be. I think. I think. I think there will be more changes than you think. Like, do you think we're going to go to, like, like have a reverse words thing going on? Like, Chris uh, worried about money than winning? Possibly, yeah. Super. I don't think it'll get that bad, but I, I, I think there's a bigger chance that Holland isn't the GM of this team next year than you guys do. Now, I, I honestly am not basing this on anything. I have no inside information or sources <laughs> or whatnot. This is just pure speculation. But I just think there's a... There's, there's a bigger chance than you guys think. That's all. Look at you whispering that like you know shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's just to make I'm just saying. I can literally, I can see your hands in your pocket and you're just like kicking a rock at your feet. Who says that I'm wearing pants? (laughs) Uh, Wing69 asked a question that he's then answered, so good job on that. Uh, Thanks for answering it for us, doing our job. Um, Rhode Island Red, which came first, the line blender or the talent gaps? And do you think line blending fixes them or makes them worse? Actually thinking about this one. I don't know. I think the talent gaps probably came first because you look at, you know, any team 20, 30 years ago. You had your bona fide top line players, and then you had guys who were nothing more than boxers on skates. Like that's a pretty big talent gap. Well, I'm just trying to remember back in the day. Like, how often did Bowman mess with the lines? And then you know, late '90s, early 2000s. Bowman loved messing with the lines. Yeah. Um, Babcock didn't really break out the blender until the Red Wings started falling off. It's true. So I think the talent gap came first, and I don't know that it necessarily hurts that I think the talent gap hurts. Yeah. I think 
trying to balance out the talent on the lines actually is a detriment because if you have, you know, if you have, I, I'm trying to think of like the best way to describe it. I guess if you have like two really good lines and then two really bad lines, that's better than having four kind of meh lines because, you know, the two line, the two really good lines are more likely to actually do something than any like kind of meh lines. Cause that's kind of what we have, you know, this year. You yeah, just kind of have meh. And I think the obvious detriment to the line blending is that it takes away any kind of, uh, you know, ability to, to get chemistry with, with your line mates, you know? So I think, I mean, sometimes, like, I think, I think it's one of those things where like it could help in the short term, like if you just want to kind of like wake your team up, but I think doing it too much, um, I think messes with, with your team. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the, the talent of the lines because yeah. we've seen lots of blended lines with really skilled, talented players who we know are really good passers uh, throw pucks to areas where one of his line mates isn't because they don't have chemistry. Yeah. And we've seen lines with bad players who can't complete passes because their hands are made of stone. So kind of depends, huh? Pretty much. Okay, Baby Larks has a bunch of just for fun trade hypotheticals that I want to see if any like if if you say no to any of these. Um, <laughs> oh boy, Tatar for Druan? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mantha for Panarin. I mean, this is the only this is the only one I have to think oh. about for a second. Yes. I mean, I, I still I think you do it, but I think Mantha is is going to be very special. So that's the one I say no to. I like Mantha yeah. too much. It's probably not a good idea, but I like Mantha more than Panarin. Well, yeah, Pan- Panarin's a lot older still, isn't he? It's like yeah. 80. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather get more years what out of What is Mantha. age, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a construct, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Larkin for Marner? Yeah. Yes. Athanasiu and Nyquist for Tavares? Yes. Yes. Shahan for Cronwell's missing knee? Sure. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, and he, he, no, plays, he, he does things other than scoring goals for this team. Which one, Cronwall or Shane? Because I'm not seeing much of it either right now. <laughs> Shane, I'm just yeah. whatever. Next one. You were thinking of the puppies, weren't you? Yeah. Trying to make. Okay, Mrazek and Green for Headman. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like in a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, we save Coro and we're good to go. Okay, out of all those, you can make only one. Which one? I only get one? You can only make one of those trades. Which one do you do? I'd say Larkin for Mar- Marner. I, I think I think Marner's going to be the best player out of all the one, all of them on there. Headman. Get the I think Headman. I was going to yeah. say, get the defenseman, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Peter. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but if Marner's producing a whole bunch of goals, then... That would help. No, that's true. Yeah. Okay, Happy Pappy 96, just for fun. <laughs> I'm going to read this whole question. Uh, this may come off as a stupid question, but try anyways. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I take the duck-sized. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like this question, actually. If we had drafted Subban over Smith, do you think Smith would have reached the potential everyone expected him to in Montreal and vice versa? Do you think Subban would have developed into the player he is today if he had come up through the wing system? Is it our fault, or were we, or were we unlucky? I know this yeah. is an impossible question to answer, but I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. I think Smith would be better 
than he is now if he was drafted by Montreal. Uh, I think he would have come up early sooner. He would have been a good old Canadian boy in a Canadian market. So Subban would probably be a little bit worse than he is because he would have had to overripen and he would have been frustrated and taken too long having to, he, you know, he would have been down there too long and the wings would have waited too long to bring him up. And I think that would have stunted him. So I, I think there's, there's, a, you know, one each Smith is a little better. Subban's a little worse, but Subban would still be it, ultimately better than Smith. Okay. Yeah. Just follow up. There, there we are. Yeah. Peter Lauren. I'd agree with that. Um, my the the curiosity in that question is, um, you know, I I I mean I think that Subban would definitely have spent too long in, you know, in the minors developing because that's what the um, the status quo was for the team at you know at the time that they were both drafted. But I do wonder how much more quickly he comes up to learn under guys like Lidstrom with his obvious, you know, the, the obvious talents that he has displayed his entire career, you know, would, would those have been, you know, would, would, would they have gotten him called up to the Red Wings sooner? See, I mean, I'd, I I'd like to think so, but this is of course, you know, back when, back in 08, 09, 2010, you know, it's it is impossible to say. Um, I I agree with the idea that you know Subban's a little bit worse and Smith's a little bit better. How much I don't know, but I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I still think one of the biggest mistakes the Wings ever made was not bringing Smith up Lidstrom's last year to play, not necessarily be on a pair with him, but to have the experience of being around him and learning from him, and that they blew that. That was their transition from a number one defenseman to another number one defenseman. I think that uh, Subban would be in the KHL right now. <laughs> I think I don't think Babcock could have taken him well at all. That's right. He never did play in Sochi, did he? No. That's 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 an interesting point. But that's bad. Because I think he would have been really cool for a city like Detroit. Yeah. But no, that was a very good question, Happy Pappy. Not, definitely not a stupid one. Silver97RWA says, I missed the prospect report. That's not a question. Um, but we do, too. Uh, so is there any the chance prospe- of- What? All the prospects are in Detroit now. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Griffins are doing really well, and I feel that... Um, we have not uh, covered them as well as we previously had. Um, unfortunately, we uh, lost Michelle to real life. She like she's not dead or anything. Um, <laughs> she's just uh, got very busy, and so uh, we have yet to find somebody to replace her. Um, <clears throat> the recommendation that we should add somebody to do that is heard. Um, probably not going to do that right now, but. Definitely on our minds, so thank you for bringing that up. Peter's Glove wants to know about draft picks. Um, does that, like, I'm, I'm not on draft picks. Kyle's our I, draft guy. I've looked at mock drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want, you want Lozergren if, if we got a shot at him? You got to take him, right? Uh, you take, 
you take Nolan first. If you don't get Nolan, you take Nico. And if you can't get Nico, I think there's a no, I'm no expert. I'll preface this, but I think there's a, a solid cluster there. But I probably, if I don't get Nico or Nolan, I would probably lean towards Liljegren. So, just because yeah. they, they need a defenseman. Datsuki and Freak wants to know if uh, Ken Holland had accepted the promotion years ago, how much better or worse would the current state of the team be in and why? Um, I think they'd be better. I don't know how much more better. Just because I like Geiserman, so yeah, that's assuming an Eiserman run team, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But the question is, how much is Ken Holland pulling the puppet strings of Eiserman? If, uh, if he's about, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. I think they'd be better, but I don't know by how much. Also, when Kenny finally moves on, uh, who do you think replaces him? Um, someone from outside the organization. No, it's what's his face, Martin. Ryan yeah, Martin. Martin. Yeah. It will, Martin. It will. I almost said Ricky Martin just because that was the first name <laughs> that came to it. mind. I was like, well, that's <laughs> not right. <laughs> I, I don't think it'll be Ryan Martin. I don't think so. Yeesh. No. Do you think he'd stay on as assistant GM, or do you think they'd revamp? I think he'd be gone. I mean, if Holland gets let go, like my potential theory, I think they go outside the organization. If they stay inside. Draper. Oh, God. Right. That would be interesting. He'd be trying to trade think? players for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the open GM candidates out there right now? Jeez, I don't even know. Mike Milbury? Oh, dear God. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would have to take a lot of time off. Islander fan over here. Prashant. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Prashant. I think Prashant. I don't think I'm going to sleep tonight after you said that. <laughs> That's not nice to Prashant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old Gus Jiggins wants to know. Uh, Shahan, oh, I'm, I'm moving on to the next question. No, I know. It's just fantastic to hear that out loud. <laughs> yeah, I really do like that name. Uh, Shahan for Lazar seems to make too much sense for everyone involved. It would be amusing to trade nothing for nothing. Thoughts? Uh... I don't know. I don't know too much. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I really want to see. I, I re, I'm, I'm kind of stuck on that idea of Shea and scoring without actually scoring it now. <laughs> yeah, Adam Lazar's got some good pun potential. That is true. I don't really give a People shit. Lazar brings perk up. Yeah. All right. Acadiani6 wants to know if JJ has to begin the podcast with a new slogan and not best day ever. What should that slogan be? Well, you said best night ever today, so <laughs> yeah. there you go. All right. I was recently thinking, um, fuck your face for asking, but that, oh. may be a little, uh, <laughs> that may be a little too angry. I'm not an angry <laughs> day today. Yeah. Not a good, not the way you want to start off a podcast. No. What was uh, what was Poochie's catchphrase from the Itchy and Scratchy show? Oh, you should, shit, I don't remember. You should take that. Yeah. Um, the bad fan for not remembering. Catch that. you on the flip side, dude, Meisters. Not. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's what it said. So, it's yeah, some Wikipedia page. Yeah. To the extreme. Oh, to yeah. the extreme. Wasn't that it? Yeah. All right. I uh, finally got to Griffin and asked a question about the uh, the Ferk thing. So, uh, the mythological strength of Ferk's shot has been going around the AHL the past few weeks as players try and guess how hard the shot actually is. He is absolutely lighting it up on the power play with a dumpster fire of the power play this year and the more than likely failed season in terms of the wing's standards. Do we give him a shot? His accuracy is, shall we say, non-existent at times. <laughs> But do we try and maybe get some life into the team? Because why not try anything and see what happens? Go from waved to signed to waved again to signed by the original team that waved him back to the NHL. Note, he is very much a one-way player, I'm aware, but would at least give some hope when watching the team on the power play. I'm sold. You sold? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I zoned out halfway through, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more, Grandma Florican has... Can you yeah. see a knuckle puck? I don't, probably not. I just had a, the awful thought pop in my head that if Ablicare is going to keep playing on that front, might as well. Uh, but that's, <laughs> that's very mean, and I feel bad for saying it out loud. Then I should would have PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Effing uh, G snuck one in like just uh, two minutes ago. Oh. If the Wings win the lottery from the 10th spot, who do you call first to gloat about it? Colorado. Make phone calls. Yeah. Yeah, that's like an old person kind of thing. <laughs> Nobody calls people anymore. I think the first thing I do is go on Twitter. Yeah. I would text I would I would text my friend yeah. Seth, who I, I grew up with and he's an Avs fan. So mm-hmm. And isn't Anthrax Jones the obvious choice? I think Lauren just Oh yeah. Said that. I would yeah. I would want to yeah. see Kyle's interactions with him. I was pretty sure Lauren Lawrence Lauren said that first. Mm-hmm. Just, you don't even subtweet him, you just flat out yeah, ha 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 at Anthrax Jones. <laughs> uh, we should all do that. And then probably Mile High Hockey from there. Um, <laughs> Jibble Scribbits. I'd met, probably, right? even though he has us blocked, I'd probably directly oh, ask He has us blocked? Wait, didn't we drink no, beers no. with him in Denver? Not Jibble Scribbits. Sorry. Oh. Um, Adrian Dater. Oh, Dater. That'd be amazing. So, yeah, literally any Colorado fan I can find, um, also Arizona fans, and I don't know, everybody. I would I would laugh for a long time. Yeah, yeah it's got to be Anthrax Jones. That's the very first person that I, that I tweet or talk to about it. I don't call anybody to say, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Okay, any more questions? No, that is the end of our questions. All right, then. Do you guys have any final hockey-related thoughts? Uh, at least Great. we can't lose for the next week. Oh, it's true, we can't. Could have said that in Positivity Corner. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Brendan Smith specifically said he's going to Florida to hang out with his brother Riley during the break. I hope he just stays there. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. For JJ, Lauren, Peter... Kyle, Graham, Prashanth, and everybody else at Winging at Motown. I'm Winging at Motown. See you after the trade deadline. I'm